RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. They say the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, or it also begins with a three-part pilot episode and the introduction of all the main characters. It's Monday night at 7 p.m., and that must mean it's Mission Log Live. I'm Rekha Sharma. And I'm John Champion. Buckle up, Star Trek pals. After launching off in La Sirena, it's time at last that Jean-Luc Picard and his crew of misfits go off to Free Cloud and find the whereabouts of Daj's sister and Bruce Maddox. Romulan nuns, Romulan warriors, Romulan dudes hanging out at a bar, sexy Romulans on a Borg cube. We have all the Romulans, and you have all the questions and comments. We would love to hear what you have to say. So you can join us very easily by clicking on the Zoom meeting link or by using the one tap from your smartphone, or you can just dial us up at 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting code you see on the screen. Yeah, that's right. I know that you're getting warmed up in the chat. I've seen it. I've seen what you've been saying. Well, we'll check in there in a second. So now all you need to do is to bring your thoughts to us face to face. You know what to do. Just like Reka said, we always do what Reka says. Click the link or use the one tap or call 669-900-6833 and we will be here to chat with you. Yeah. And also a big thank you for tuning in. You know, you might be joining us live right now at facebook.com uh, slash mission log pod or at youtube.com slash Roddenberry prod. <laughs> that always makes me look giggle. <laughs> Do you have a Roddenberry prod? Uh, you should Excuse have Excuse me? What? Where? Who? <laughs> it's private information. Okay. Um, you might be watching this video later or you might be picking up the audio only podcast later. Either way, we do appreciate you joining us. And all we ask is that you hit like, you hit share, and you tell others to join us for Mission Log Live Talk Track. Easy enough. So uh, since we're talking about the people who are talking to and about us, let's check mm-hmm. in. Let's say hi. Uh, there's Brian. Oh, and I love that Brian quoted a great line from the show, one impossible thing at a time. Oh, How yeah. good is that line, right? It's a great line. Yes. Uh, we have Craig saying, hello, John and Reka. Oh, look, he says, thanks for being thank awesome. Oh, thank you for That's being awesome. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Right back to you, Craig. Uh, there's Paul, there's Cosmo, there's Tate, uh, there's David. David says, uh, free cloud is a theme for something at STLV, I'm sure. Uh, we still have to see it this upcoming week. Yes. I like that idea a Me lot. Me too. Great. Oh, there's Cosmo. How's it going, Cosmo? There's Alan Perry, longtime listener of the show. Uh, He said, always do what Reka says. Always. Yes, Alan. Yes. Hey, before we get to the recap, as we do every week, we pose to you a poll question. Now, last week, we asked you to choose your hologram. And what's fun is we met even more new holograms this week, which I thought was super cool. Last week, we met the EMH emergency medical hologram and 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 the emergency navigational hologram. 46% of you prefer the EMH. 54% of you prefer an ENH. Very interesting. Um, I, I kind of, you know, I'm waiting for my own hospitality hologram now. I think I, you I, need one because yeah. you're not... 
that hospitable, I do have to say. No, absolutely not. I need somebody mm-hmm. to take over that portion of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know you kid. I know you kid. All right. This week, this week, we asked you, I, actually, uh, Reka, you came up with the perfect poll question in honor of this week's episode. Did you well, share thank with us, you. please? Yeah. I would be delighted to. This week's poll question is policy of absolute candor, annoying or liberating? <laughs> so far, we have, oh, do we announce right now? What yeah, the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, right yeah. ahead. Okay, okay. So far, annoying is... 32%. Liberating, 68%. You know what that means, John? What's that? You're losing and I'm winning. Well, see, I, 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 I have to sort of agree with Dr. Gerardi. Like if everything was just always out there all the time, I, you don't think that would be annoying? Not like, isn't it annoying if everything's a mystery all the time? Like, look at those Romulans. How annoying oh, oh, is that? Oh, look at those hair? Romulans. Yeah, look at those Romulans. <laughs> look at the. Okay, okay, wait, wait. That was, that was, God, I sound racist now. I'm <laughs> thinking specifically of the tousle haired one. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. like everything's a secret and it's really exciting, titillating, but like, she is not safe. What? <laughs> I know that's true, <laughs> but but he's such a sexy Romulan Ugh, with a perfectly tousled in a mysterious hair. way. Get over the mystery. <laughs> just I'm gonna ask you something. Just give me the answer. Just tell me, or I'm done with you. Yeah. All right. Well, that poll will be up for a week, so check it out. Tell us if absolute candor is annoying or liberating. And we'll discuss it again next week. Hey, uh, how about I do a little recap of the story before we discuss it with our listeners? Is that all right? Yeah. All right, here we go. Tonight's episode, Absolute Candor. 14 years ago on a little planet called Vashti, a population of Romulans are settling in after being relocated. Picard is there making promises of his and Starfleet's help with anything they need. While there, he stops in on a house of warrior nuns called Koat Milat, who are raising an orphan boy named Elnor. Picard has a fondness for the boy, sharing the three musketeers with him, and again, promising everything he can to make his and their lives better. It doesn't always work out that way, though. Picard is sidelined by the attack on Mars, as is the whole rescue operation. The people on Vashti have to wait. Fourteen years later, the present, Picard and company are on their way to Free Cloud, but he insists on stopping by Vashti, Nobody else in the crew are particularly happy about this, but do remember that Picard is quite persuasive, and this might be his last time ever to go. Upon arrival, it's a cold reception. The town that was full of promise before now feels desolate. Picard is not welcome. Apparently nobody who isn't Romulan is either. Picard finds his friends from the Coat Milak, though, and there's a little boy, Elnor, all grown up into a warrior, super good with the sword and super good with their policy of absolute candor, which means just say truthfully whatever it is you're feeling. Picard asks for his help on this mission, and Elnor truthfully says he's kind of peeved at the captain for all the broken promises, as long as we're being honest. On the board cube, Soji Asha is still trying to get to the bottom of the secrets of what drove Ramda mad and what lies at the heart of this weird relationship between the Borg and those few Romulans who were assimilated. Speaking of getting to the bottom of things, our tousle-haired Romulan shows up to try to figure out more of Soji 
what makes her tick and what was she doing by not being on the passenger list for the Ellison a few years ago when she totally says she was. Also, speaking of special relationships, tousle-haired Romulan is visited by statuesque Romulan and the brother-sister team sneer and tease each other about how their respective clandestine missions are going. It's the usual stuff, threats, choking, you know, what gets Romulans excited? You're a bad spy. No, you're a bad spy. No, you stop. <laughs> okay, back to Vashti. Failing to get Elner's help, Picard needs to hightail it out of town, but he has to wait to be beamed up by La Serena until the planetary defense shields are down. With a few minutes to kill, he decides to stop by the Romulan cantina and trade a few barbs with this very unwelcoming crowd. They really hold a grudge, and it's sort of understandable. Picard, representing Starfleet, made all these promises to help in their time of need, but then the help dried up, and it seems like Picard just abandoned everything. One of those Romulans, a former senator, straight up challenges Picard to a duel, a fight he doesn't want to take. He doesn't really have to, though, because who should show up just in time but Elner, who apparently has had a change of heart, so much so that he beheads the ex-senator in a move straight out of Shogun. At least one of the other Romulans doesn't take too kindly and pulls out a disruptor. Thank goodness the planetary shield has opened just in time for Elner and Picard to be beamed to safety. Safety may be the wrong word, though. La Sirena is under attack by a pirate and a vintage bird of prey, throwing disruptor volleys and catching our hero ship between it and the planetary defenses. Out of nowhere, though, another ship appears, ready to take on the offender, and does admirably well taking most of the blows, working with La Sirena to disable the Romulan until that little ship can't anymore. And just as it bounces into the shield and explodes, Rappi catches the pilot in a transporter. Welcome aboard La Sirena, seven of nine, the end. What? Yeah. So, um, I say, I know that you've got notes. I know that I've got notes. Yeah. But I also know that we have some friends sticking around ready to talk to us about absolute candor and maybe with absolute candor maybe they will be absolutely full of candor when they talk to us about absolute candor i hope so should we say hi to ria who has been waiting ria how's it going tonight sorry yeah pack lid pajama party here (laughs) (laughs) how's it going tonight good 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 to see your lovely faces both of you thank Thank you you. lovely to meet you very kind of you and I, I was actually telling Reka before the show tonight, you were just in LA. Uh, you're gonna you're a big TV star now. So I, I don't am know what basically to do with you a, anymore. Yeah, a blade of grass. So <laughs> you may or may not see me in the background of a pilot of a TV show that may or may not get picked up. So All right. <laughs> Woohoo. Right on. Yeah. That is the, the the truly how the business works. So, <laughs> that <is fine. laughs> and uh glad you're back home. Glad you've called in to talk with us tonight. Uh, thoughts, feelings, impressions. You don't have to do impressions if you don't want to. Talk to <laughs> us about absolute candor in the most truthful way you can. Well, so many thoughts, and I don't even know where to start. Um, I, I love <coughs> how they flip that one trope around with Elnor to where, you know, he can never be the, the warrior nun because he's male. You know, so I like seeing that that gender, you know, reverse of gender nice. roles there. Yeah. I want to be a Romulan warrior nun. That is just right. so amazing. 
I, but, I'm thinking STLV cosplay. I think that has your name all over it. I mean, it's pretty cold in there, so those robes would be nice and comfy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can get that sword through TSA, but we'll Ooh, see what yeah. I can do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one thing, like I said, so many places we can go with this episode, but um, mm. a lot of Picard character development. Um, and Picard is, you know, definitely a more of a flawed man than what we ever saw before. Mm. Um, but I think that, that, that kind of got me thinking about how Picard, the series, is dealing with broken people a lot differently from how Next Gen or any other previous Star Trek iteration has, except maybe Discovery. Um, I mean, Picard, you know, this episode or this whole series, people have talked about his hubris and, mm. um, you know, tearing down that Romulan's only sign and then having the audacity to, you know, call the waiter and demand service and um but i think the seeds of that were always there and you, you kind of have to have that sort of hubris to be a starship captain um, but i think now we're seeing the consequences of that dealt with whereas in next generation and and the original series and every other star trek you know the the arrogance of a captain was just kind of um i don't know it was never really dealt with it was just kind of assumed um, mm. Rios, another broken man, and he's got all these holograms of himself, um, <laughs> which is psychologically of, just fascinating. You know, yes. says so much. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to to learn more about him. Is that is he really a narcissist? I my first thought actually was that that saves um, bandwidth on the computer to not have oh. to generate different images. Interesting. But yeah. clearly, he's trying to beat himself up over something, and I think the yeah. way he berates right. his his uh, holograms he's berating himself and you know could it be he doesn't trust anybody else but only himself um raffi with her addiction issues you know she gets booted out of starfleet and instead of you know we, we live in a post scarce or they live in a post-scarcity world without money mm -hmm. supposedly um there's no reason she couldn't be living on a chateau somewhere but she chose to live in Vasquez rocks and drink a lot and smoke snake oil or whatever snake something snake, snake weed or snake, snake yeah. weed yeah yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah I'm kind of like on the one hand we're forty percent through the series you know and there's still so many questions oh yeah. I just can't wait to see where you know where all these broken people are going to lead the let, let band me, of misfits. Let, let me ask you both something. As I, I was having a chat earlier today uh, with Norman, actually. Uh, Norman came up to visit the office. We, uh, we had a great time kind of talking mission log stuff, but also talking Picard. And uh, we, we started to get into this conversation about the character Jean-Luc Picard being broken. And is this, quote unquote, in character for him? And... You know, part of me says no, because he he always was so heroic. He was the guy with the right idea at the right time, who stuck to his principles, stuck to the guns. Um, but then also Picard changed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a different Picard in first contact, shooting Borg with a Tommy gun, than was the Picard that we saw before. Um, and I, I wonder if, like, I wonder what the conversations were like around developing this version of Picard for this series. And was it Patrick Stewart saying, hey, I really want Picard to have changed in these ways? Or the writers saying, 
well, it, you know, what about all these things that have happened or what could have happened, even if Jean-Luc acted with the best of intentions, things may not go the way they should. I believe it was in Next Gen that uh, Picard said, you can do everything right and still lose. And it is this a situation where supposedly he has done everything or almost everything right, but the circumstances are just simply beyond his control. And that still has this effect on him uh, personally, emotionally, psychologically, that he becomes different. Or, or is it just the that coupled with age? I mean, where where do you see the, I don't know, compare, contrast, young Picard that we met in Next Gen versus Picard now, as you say, a broken man? There's a lot of, I mean, he's changed in a lot of ways, like everybody does. I mean, the first, you know, encounter at Farpoint, he specifically asked Riker to keep children away from him. Um, but here mm -hmm. we're seeing 14 years ago where he's, developed this kind of fatherly or at least mentorly relationship with the young Elnor. Um, you know, the being assimilated obviously had a tremendous impact on him um, as well as his, uh, the inner light, you know, that whole experience. So mm. all this adding up over time, I think, cause we had two different instances where we had um, Rafi and then Elnor say, okay, now that you need me after 14 years, you know, you don't say boo, and now that you need me for something, now you come by and say hi. Yeah. Um, and I've heard some attribute that again to his kind of arrogance and hubris, but I think um, there's kind of a the failure factor where failing in the rescue of the Romulans, um, and I don't think Picard's really used to failure, especially of that mm -hmm. magnitude. And then I think that broke him a little bit, you know, not really knowing how to deal with that. Um, Seeing Rafi, you know, lose her Starfleet commission because of her association with him. You know, how do you approach someone after something like that? And then after a few weeks, a few months, you know, it becomes a few years. You know, it's like that email you didn't reply to right away. And then like <laughs> eight months later, are you going to reply to it? Yeah. 14 years later, they're like, oh, now you're going to reply to my email now that you need something? Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, the, the trauma of, you know, the synth attack, the Romulan, uh, the failure to rescue the Romulans, it seemed to drive Picard kind of into a seclusion. And then once you're kind of in that, in that lovely vineyard hole <laughs> hidden yeah. away, you know, how do you, I guess it's easy to kind of build the walls around yourself and uh, isolate yourself from the people that you should be not only reaching out to you for your sake, but for their sake as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, I guess, because there's so much, uh, particularly that has been created uh, around Picard in Star Trek. You know, we, we arguably got more of Picard than any other captain so far, because you've got seven seasons of a TV show plus the movies. Um, and that's just in terms of screen time, that's more than we ever got with Kirk or Janeway or Cisco mm -hmm. or anybody else. Um, so we all have kind of in our heads what Picard is like, but maybe it's a little unfair for us to say, well, oh, well, Picard is like this because that's mm -hmm. who he is because that's who I've seen. Um, yeah. it, it's interesting then when a writer or an actor or whomever the, the, the combination of the creative forces uh, at play here 
can come in and say, but but what if this changes? What what does this do to him? Then how do we as the audience accept that and say, oh, that that's the same guy just on this different path because this changed? Or do we not accept it? No, that's not the same guy. I can't accept that that's the same guy. I, I don't know. I, I, I like the depth and I, I assume that he is and still will be heroic through this process uh, of this series. But I'm very interested in seeing this changed person where things didn't work out with the happy ending for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think, yeah, some of it is the events in his life that have changed him as a person. But I think some of it is just the way storytelling evolves over the decades. Um, where, you know, in the 90s and the 80s, it was, um, you know, the, well, the episodic TV, the 45 minutes and the happy ending. Yeah. And now with the serialized storytelling, you know, the writers are able to delve more into more, you know, develop the characters more. And um, and nowadays things are grittier and, and more, you know, more real. Um, it's not the Hilton in the sky. This is, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2020 so yeah um yeah i think i know i think a a lot of the factors came into play like i didn't really express it well earlier but i think um you know the the essence of his character is the same i think the seeds for a lot of what we see now i mean this is like a man who's used to being in command um and i think they i I love kind of the little touches on the on Mm -hmm. the la serena there between him and rios Mm. um but you know we saw that in next gen um, but it's kind of taken to a different level now. Yeah. There there are great subtle moments of humor. Like I, I think obviously with Rios's holograms, the humor is a little more broad, but I, I still like it. It still works. But there are so many nice little moments where just Patrick Stewart smiles or just kind of lets a joke kind of settle. You know, it's nice to see. And even that bit with... Um, uh, at the end of this episode, uh, where he sort of gives the command to uh, open up a channel to the pilot of that other ship, but he, mm-hmm. he catches himself like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not the captain, you are, you know, it, it was, it, it, there's so many nice little moments like that, that yes. play is absolutely real and don't feel canned, you know. Yes. But yeah. Rhea, yeah, I Oh, I, I was. I, 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 whatever your final thoughts are, I'd love for you to share them with us. Got a, a few more people waiting to uh, ch- chat with us tonight. So uh, if you've got anything you want to close with, let us oh, know. Just, yeah, I just love that we're seeing very fully formed characters, very real characters here. And if I could get that Rios hologram package for home use, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that too, actually. I think we will uh, okay. sign up for one of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, just with him as all the versions. Not I, I, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Not, not me. Mission log after dark. <laughs> <laughs> that that show's coming. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I just I, before we say goodbye to Ria, um, I, I enjoyed listening to both of your points, and I just wanted to say too what I what I love about this exploration of Picard too is that I think in a way I can kind of superimpose this depth and complexity onto all the years of Picard before and go right. Like you know, it's like as you get to know somebody you know, and you're into like year six of knowing them and then you think back upon an incident and year one of knowing them and you go, oh, Mm. 
that's who I was seeing then. And I just, my, my understanding of them was not as, uh, didn't have as many dimensions as it does now. Yeah. Mm. For, for better and for worse. Yeah. yeah. It's but, interesting. But, yeah. But it's a whole picture and it's complex and layered. And, and we mm-hmm. just don't have that in the early days of knowing one another. Um, right. Yeah. And absolutely all those things, I 100% agree, you know, attribute to that. You know, he is a quote unquote failed. Yeah. Uh, man, but but I don't think that he's broken. Hmm. I think I think that is a societal thing that we sort of put on people. It's like, if anything, I think he's breaking open into a wiser, more loving, and comp, you know, accommodating human being. So, yeah, nice, nice you said. All yeah. right, well, Ria, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, and uh, we'll you. see you soon. All right. Sounds great. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Care. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Hey, uh, let's go to our next caller. I believe uh, Karen is uh, waiting patiently to chat with us and uh, blow our minds with some comments here about uh, Picard tonight. Karen, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello. How are you? Hey, doing all right. Welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> Good to hear from you guys. Yeah, Yay. likewise. I, uh, enjoyed- I enjoyed the episode very much this week. I do believe it was my favorite one so far. Ooh, how come? Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think because we got to see more of everybody and just um, that just made it. I think like Rita was saying, you have these fully formed characters and you're really starting to see that come out. And they're gelling really well as a group, I think. I did have a good dynamic. I was th- I was thinking about like this feels like this for me felt like like oh like I'm in now I'm in this world like it can just relax into it somehow. Yeah, like the whole study scene where everybody starts coming in and he's like, "Well, geez, you know, I mean," <laughs> and they're all comfortable coming in and talking to him and expressing themselves and. You know, it was very, uh, it was real comfortable. I mean, I just felt like they were all comfortable together and that made me comfortable and excited to see what they were going to talk about. And it was very fun. And uh, I had a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about Rios and his hologram, which has become such a fun part of the show. The first, the first time we saw him, and there were two holograms of him, but different. People were kind of like, oh, what is this? But now that they've popped in two more, people are loving it. And I think it's just because you're starting to get a, this picture of him. And I was thinking, what if this ship came with this hologram package? And he was like, God, I, I don't want to fuss with this. And because we've all done this with computers and avatars and picking things. And he just didn't want to mess with it and dumped his own avatar in there. Just like, I'm just going to, you know, you have to fill it out. And uh, then as, each of these holograms do have their own quirks and such. It became like he was talking to versions of himself. Right. And right. and also he didn't like seeing himself, but he also didn't want to be around other people. So yes. I think it, you know, my little headcanon is until we hear different is just that he just didn't want to be bothered. He just set it up as, as quickly as possible and now he has all of these facets of his personality basically walking around him. 
You know, it, it's funny that you said that. I, I was actually helping somebody today uh, and, and last week as well set up a thing in VR because, uh, you know, we, we do the Roddenberry thing with Sansar. And every time you go in, you know, if you create a new account, you're creating an avatar of yourself. And they have some defaults that are, are pre-made. <laughs> and now some people are very creative and very artistic and very clever and turn their avatars into something super cool. I do not have that talent. So... When I created my avatar, I thought, all right, one day I'm going to make this look awesome, make it look really cool. And no, I just, I look like a German nightclub owner and I don't know how to change it and make it any better. It's just how I look in virtual reality. So your headcanon totally jibes with my uh, understanding uh, of my frustration of the technology. He even says in there, like, it was just part of the basic installation. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's my experience with Sansar. It's, it's the basic installation. I have neither the talent nor the time to make something awesome out of it. So that's what you're right. going to get. <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like maybe happened with him, you know? Yep. But yep. Uh, I, I just think, think that's pretty fun and got to be fun for him. But my yes. one other question, yeah, and he's I don't definitely see having a great time. <laughs> oh, isn't he? And he's yeah. just great. He's yeah. just it, it, great. So yeah. fun to watch. So you see, you have one other comment? A better person. Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I know that everybody's favorite part this week was the board cube and, uh, and Merrick and Soji, et cetera. And, but it occurred to me when uh, Rizzo slash Narissa, is that her real name, Narissa? For some reason, I think yes. it is. Yes, Um <sighs> One thing is, Narek is clearly, little by little, just parting ways with her whole plan and doesn't is not interested. He was very frustrated with her, you know, his banging his head on the wall when she left. He's, I think he feels between a rock and a hard place and uh, doesn't know what to do about that, I think. But what was interesting to me was when she was razzing him and she got him in that chokehold, he could not get her hand off his throat. Mm. She was like super strong. Yep. And I was like, hmm. I just am not sure she is what everybody thinks she is. And this whole brother sister thing, I don't think is really brother sister. Uh, <laughs> and I, think, All right. I think that was. I think that was a clue about her. Oh, okay. Well, th- all right. That's that's very interesting that you would phrase it like that and and uh, kind of float this idea out to us. I have to tell you, the whole Romulan brother sister thing that has probably become the most interesting thread of comments on the Mission Log Facebook page. Um, <laughs> oh, really? It is the thing that we talked about before going on air yeah. tonight. Um, it is in both of our notes. I uh, <laughs> I do not know what to make of this. Karen, your line is breaking up just a little bit, so I, yeah. I'm going to ask uh, I, I'm going to ask Reka to give her comments here, and then we'll uh, we'll sure. let you go and move to the next caller. But thank you for bringing up what is probably really the Romulan <laughs> elephant in the room here. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Talk about. I just would be interested if you think. I mean, I'm not sure that she's a biological at all. Okay, well, maybe maybe that's the way to go. Maybe we just have to start telling ourselves that. I, I'm going to have to tell myself something, Karen. Okay. Um, thank you so much for, for bringing this up. Uh, sorry, but you are really breaking up a lot for, for whatever reason. So 
So we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye we'll, until, we'll uh, until next time. But yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Take care, Bye. Karen. So yeah, I, is this going to make the show uh, more acceptable, or at least the, this plot thread in the show uh, a, a little easier to go down if you just keep telling yourself, okay, yeah, something else up here. They're not really brother sister. They're yeah. Yeah, it I, I, it would make it a little easier to digest, but yeah. that's certainly not the information they're giving us at this point. Um, it feels like so exploitive and and unnecessary and just titillation for titillation's sake. Like, ooh, this is bad. Like, let's make them really sexy together because that's disgusting. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? Right. Like, okay, so it, exactly. <laughs> phrased it perfectly. I love it. So but the, this is sort of like the conversation we had last week. Uh, well, and you and Norman had as well about the language on, you know, mm-hmm. dropping an F-bomb here and there. It's like... Oh, certain- but there's so much uh, language too that's like thinly veiled like between the brother and sister that could be yeah. totally interpreted as sexual. Right, right. And, and that's the thing. It, it's like... I'm okay with the show pushing the envelope. I really am. I'm not prudish about these things. I yeah. just, all I ask is that you earn it. So if if you're going to yeah. drop an F-bomb, just really earn it. And then don't just keep using that as a chip to show me how much you've been pushing the envelope. I feel the same way about the Romulans. Like, yeah. Like have, have some payoff. Yeah. Have yeah. it be grounded in some kind of story that's intriguing and, interesting and 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 as karen said that perhaps that's not their relationship okay then that becomes like a value hopefully to the story to the overall plot right Right. now it just feels like a device in the same way that the f-bombs feel like a device to be cool to be edgy or whatever and i'm just like come on there's so much depth and wonderful stuff happening in the rest of the show why you guys gotta go there Right, right. And it's a little like, you know, okay, when we were watching episodes of Star Trek that were 45-minute, five-act commercial TV, mm-hmm. you, you know, you would set your watch by, okay, we're going to get to the end of Act 2 or Act 3, and then here's this cliffhanger that has to come up to hold me over through the commercial break. So those contrivances are built in. Right. Now the contrivance is something else where it's, all right, an episode of Picard is really a season of Picard because we're setting mm. up a story, playing it out, and then ending it over 10 episodes. So now you've got four episodes in which we've got this teasing, weird relationship just to make you wonder, like, what's really up with them? Are yeah. they actually going there what, it, to get us through the next six episodes? Yeah. So it, it's it, it's frustrating because... On this level, it does just feel like contrivance. But I agree with you 100%. If there's payoff, if there's a reason to do it, if you can blow my mind with something, great. Yeah, I will eat my words happily. Yes. Happily. Right, Um, right. But yeah, until we see that, I'm not not sold um, by what we're seeing so far. That's for sure. Carlos in the Mm. chat says, maybe brother and sister are terms for members of the Jat Vash. Ah, Oh, maybe. maybe. Okay. Like where you're going with this, Carlos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you want to step in for me next week, <laughs> Carlos? <laughs> I think you got this down. Um, yeah. And, you know, other people, uh, Chris saying uh, the F bombs didn't stop the action. 
Um, and let's see. Here. Oh, oh, and David. Yes. Pardon? Go. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say part of the part of the thing that we were talking about earlier is too is, is if if it's just for the sake of being cool or even if it yeah it doesn't stop the action and it, it doesn't impede you know the storytelling which uh, for me the F bombs I didn't even register them mm -hmm. which is a little bit sad but um, yeah. just the fact that there are viewers that we're losing you know there there is there there are people who don't like swearing uh, don't like this kind mm -hmm. of uh, challenging uh viewpoints yeah. on yeah. what a brother and sister could be um <laughs> but also like you know it occurred to me like children like uh, star trek changed my life yeah at a very young age it changed the way i saw the world and and that's powerful and if and if children can't watch the show they're missing out on that possibility yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I mean that kind of broke my heart. That call that we had uh, last week. Yeah, um, where it, the you know the caller is saying that his wife just couldn't watch it, and Picard was her captain. Yeah, and I, I I hate hearing that. I really do. Now here's the thing: I want challenging adult stories Absolutely. out of my popular entertainment. I really do, and, and I like to see something that. On the surface, you can look at Star Trek and go, oh, okay, it's morality plays set in space. But if you can keep pushing me and taking me further and further where I get real character depth and some yeah. really challenging social and political ideas out of it, that's awesome. I love that. Love it. Um, but I don't want to turn people away at the door who, yeah. who just, for whatever reason, don't like or, or can't handle that. Um, however... I do have great hope that there is other Star Trek coming that maybe is the right yes. Star Trek for that audience. Absolutely. I, I hope that's the case. I really do. Me too. Um, cool. Let's go to our next caller. I believe that we have uh, JD who is standing by. So JD will be next. Uh, I believe JD is on the phone and Earl is going to drop him into the chat here any second. That's me vamping. Okay. I'm, I'm so. <laughs> oh man, I'm so hardcore at vamping right now. That is, <laughs> that is what I do. Hey, while we're waiting for JD, because I, I know we we've had some technical. And, and by the way, uh, for everybody who joins us regularly on the show, and you see what an amazing job Earl does just keeping this running, because this is not easy. Rika and I have it easy. We turn yes. on a computer, we turn on a camera, we talk, we have fun. Earl's running two computers, multiple pieces of software, juggling calls, and and the dude just moved cross-country this week. So I've said it to him privately. Wow. I want to say it publicly here to everybody who's listening. Earl does a killer job. Earl has just been working above and beyond. So thank you so much to Earl for doing you, everything Earl. that you do. So every now and then when we have a little hiccup, something drops out, caller, whatever, look, it's all good. It's all par for the course. So here we go. I believe we have JD now joining us. Yeah. JD, what's up? Uh, well, I have a question. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd for the continuity stuff. Um, and in uh, in Nemesis, did we or did we not find out that well, obviously the Remans they're kind of an isolationist society, right? Yes. Okay, so but 
Remus is in the same system as Romulus, correct? Uh, yes, so, I believe so. So when that star went supernova and destroyed Romulus, uh, am I to assume that, that it took out Remus as well? Uh, we could assume. I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, they, they haven't said anything specific about that in this other than to say, hey, a lot of Romulans in a lot of places were displaced. So Yeah, that's what bugs me, is that nobody's mentioned the Remans, and despite um, you know, a lot of references to uh, Nemesis, um, which kind of shocks me in the first place because Nemesis was not a good movie, and um, it was so badly received that for a while I thought Star Trek 2009 having Romulus destroyed and creating an alternate universe, I honestly thought that was like an apology for Nemesis. No. Um, <laughs> but it turns out, no, it's a plot point that they're... But it's like nobody's mentioning if Remus was destroyed or what happened to the Remans, and it kind of it bugs me. Like... Yeah. As as the show goes, like it's gnawing at me, and I'm kind of hoping they address it at some point. Um, I, I I try not to get too nitpicky with things, but that's just bugging me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I get it, and I think um, you know something interesting that uh, was pointed out in the chat is that this is the first time we've seen a lot more variation in the Romulans. Uh, so we've mm -hmm. seen multiple uh, races in the Romulans. And then the whole thing with the, the ridge forehead being from the north, like mm -hmm. that was a really cool little detail. So we're, we're showing diversity even among the Romulans that we know. See, so it's not out of the question then that we might see some more of the, like the, the Remans or whomever else the further we go. Yeah, because I do like that variation. Like, all the Romulans don't look the same because, really, uh, if you watch TNG, we never really see Rom Romulan civilians, if my memory serves me right. Right. Um, we only ever see um, their... Uh, we only ever see the, the ones that are in the military. Uh, you know, so they're on the ships. They all have the same hair. They all have right. the same uniforms. And I'm actually enjoying seeing just average Rom Romulan citizens that we really never got to see. Um, yeah. 100%. The, the diversity wish. there is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just really kind of wish that on the show, and this goes for the people on Earth, too, that are not wearing um, the Starfleet uniformed. There's a disturbing lack of futuristic psychedelic spandex uh, <laughs> jumpsuits that everybody was wearing in the 24th century on TNG and DS9. Um, yes. And there's no rainbow sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. There's so You're many muted. So right. Yes. Yeah, there's so many muted color tone, you know, and, and some of the clothes are. Some of them are so stylish, they could almost be like modern type clothes, but yeah, there's no, um, yeah, there's no multicolored uh, utility suits. It's very strange. Like, uh, you know, we saw the waitstaff in, in that Romulan outpost, and none of them were even wearing ridiculous waiters uniforms. It's odd. Yeah. Um, You're right. It, I, I think, you know like, what? 
my my cure for that when I go home tonight, I'll have to pop in an episode of Buck Rogers. So I have like <laughs> I, I have extra additional futuristic spandex in my weekly viewing just to make up for the lack of it in Picard. Yeah, because I mean the the the, the weird teal uh, waitstaff uniforms that they use on in Ten Forward on the D is just yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of miss the, the hideous clothing. Um, so, I can't, JD, I, this, this is my favorite yeah. uh, favorite comment of the night so far. I, I think absolutely oh, you are you. right. Listen, we're we're up against the clock. We still have a few more callers yeah, to get fine. to. So I really appreciate it. And uh, hey, thank you for looking out for the Remans. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad to help. Somebody has to. Somebody has to remember that. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Thanks, J.D. Right. Have a great night, J.D. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, uh, next up, we have Michael, who has been waiting. And I'm not going to do the vamping thing again. Uh, at least I'll save that. But even by saying that, it is a little bit of vamping that I save. See? Right? That's a little <laughs> trick. And then yeah. all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, Michael's ready to go. Michael's here. How you doing, Michael? (laughs) Hey, guys. I'm great. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks thanks for calling in tonight. What's on your mind? Pleasure to finally be able to pleasure to finally be able to call in. I'm always working night shifts, but I never get to call in. Oh, uh, welcome. Just wanted to first say, since it's my first time calling in after Picard, welcome to Reka. And uh, I just find it absolutely amazing that the first time you're joining us is when there are skin jobs that think they're human and have a plan um, <laughs> in Star Trek, which is just great. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so uh, just, I guess I'll just be brief since uh, I think there's a couple other people waiting, but um, I, I was just going to mention also, I really love the Romulan world building. I think it's some of the best world building we've actually had in Star Trek so far yeah. that isn't related to Earth. That's and awesome. I think that is something Star Trek could definitely use more of. Um, and, uh, I also wanted to say, I, I think it just occurred to me today that this show is kind of reminding me of like timeless and end game and Voyager, uh, except they didn't go back in time and change the past because, <laughs> you know, like something goes wrong and everything goes horrible and, you know, everybody's all depressed, but then they go back in time and change it. But it's like that, except Picard's now got to deal with it instead, which I think is kind of neat you know they didn't check the tech this time they're just they're just going to go forward with it yeah um but i was just kind of curious i guess my main thing does anyone else feel like um they kind of don't like picard as much in this series i I, i've kind of Mm. come to that feeling now like because i feel like they're let's see how can i say put this i feel like they're um you know like all the things that they've shown him like as as having uh, had issues with in terms of, uh, you know, giving up on Rafi and giving up on the Romulans and kind of isolating and things like that. But then when he's getting back into it, it just seems like he's not really trying to account for any of that. And he just wants everything to be the way it was before. Mm-hmm. And he's almost like shocked when nobody will treat him like the great Admiral anymore. Like you get, he, I, I thought there was going to be a secret plan when he went to the Admiral for help. And then he basically bullies Rafi into helping him. And, you know, and, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a little concerned about where it's going. I, 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 I feel the opposite, honestly. I, I feel like, you know, I know what you're saying that, that he, you know, he doesn't totally change, but I think that's so true to life. I think we, we don't know how to stop being the way that we've been for so many years. And 
even though we see its error. And I feel like I see this in his, in the performance and, and in the writing too, where, where he's, you know, taking pause and making some small changes, but still falling into the same old patterns and, and recognizing that things are wrong, but not knowing how to approach it differently. And I think we all do that. And as long as, you know, at some point, he does that ratio starts to change is what I'm hoping is going to happen is that he starts to find his way but we're we're really at the beginning of it all you know I kind of you you know I I I like the way you put that and I I will actually compare this to Kirk so Mm. you know season one Kirk on TOS has that great line like you know there's no room on the bridge for bigotry, right? And that that's the, we're setting up this hero. Uh, we're setting up this guy with this great moral center, right? Fast forward to Star Trek VI, and here's Kirk ready to let all Klingons die. Yeah. Because he can't see past his own prejudice, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the same Kirk, but everybody has a blind spot. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that they carry with them that that maybe keeps them from being as great as they could or should be. And I like the idea that we've seen so much heroicism out of Picard for so long, but if that's all he was all the time, he would be inhuman. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a risk of maybe too much. There's a risk of maybe choosing... Uh, themes or, or ways to explore that that just don't feel right to some viewers, you know. But I, I, I want to see, particularly over time, because we're talking about 25 plus years, 30 plus years now that we've had Picard in our lives. Um, I, I want to see more complexity and I want to see sort of the, the chinks in the armor, as it were. And, uh, but I also want to see him become a better person because of that. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. And, you know, I, I didn't mean to imply that uh, I felt like this character should be static, you know, that he should be the same character that he was before or anything like that. I, I like the idea of showing him failing and then having to come back from it. But I guess I, I, I've had a hard time nailing it down. There's been yeah. a disconnect for me between what they've shown us and what they're telling us. And it feels like they're telling us all these negative things about him, but they're showing us the same old Picard that we've known and loved forever. And it doesn't really feel like they're super connected to me. And I, I mean, maybe that's just my own personal, you know, uh, perspective, you know, like just the way I'm seeing it, maybe nobody else sees it that way, but I just haven't felt, it feels a little disconnected to me. Like I, I would love to see, it would be interesting to me to see that Picard that's realizing that he's having issues and is out of touch, but it doesn't really seem like he even realizes he's out of touch yet. Yeah, I, I yeah. think you're. I think you're right, and I think it yeah. is disconnected. And I think that's what makes it so human. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know that's what we all do. We just yeah. don't even see it. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean disconnected between him and him and his thoughts. I mean between the way the show is presenting it him to us. You see what I mean? Yeah, as opposed to the way he sees himself. Yeah, I I get that. Hey, uh, oh, this is a <laughs> a fascinating call and and a, yeah. a really interesting way to look at this character. I hope that you will call in again and we can continue this conversation as the series goes on. Yeah, I guess. 
because mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how it plays out and and what we end up with. Um, we do have uh, at least one more caller waiting, so I'll say goodbye to you tonight, and then uh, we'll pick this up again. Bye, okay? guys. All right, take care. Thanks Thank for you. Taking my call. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. So now here's the funny thing. As, as we wait for the next call to come in, and I promise you that I would not be vamping. Uh, John Cooley in the chat says that I say that I'm not vamping, but I am vamping. Yet I say I'm not vamping, so I cannot be vamping. And then his mind just <laughs> head explode. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, thanks, uh, John Cooley. Our uh, Cooley, our uh, final caller tonight, James. James, welcome to the show, friend of the show. How are you doing? Thank you. I am a friend of the show, but I have never actually called into the show. So, <laughs> hey, friend of show. Virgin call into the show. All uh, right. So, first time caller, uh, long time listener, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Well, well, uh, yes. Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So, I've got, I have two interesting, two things that I'd like your take on. First of all, okay. um, in relation to the whole Romulan brother sister thing. Yes, that we that, that that has been touched on. So I many think notes. Peyton List is a phenomenal actress. She was in Flash Forward. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's she's. I feel like in this show, there is a disconnect between the style of her interactions with her quote brother mm. and all of the other acting in the show. Mm. If that makes mm. any sense. It is a kind of I, I don't want to use a derogatory term, but it's almost the sniveling villain kind of thing mm-hmm. that's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Somebody um, in the chat called it the mustache twirling. Yeah, 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 yeah it is yeah, very, yeah. very yeah. much so. Isn't that yeah. weird? Because it, it's so out of. I feel it's very not in sync with Patrick Stewart or any of the other actors in the show, and the yeah. way that they. I mean, it's it's a very natural show, naturalistic in in its acting style, and that seems very disconnected to me. So yeah, I I agree with that totally. And and then the the question is. Is there a payoff to that? Is there a reason that we're going to get for that that actually justifies it? Or is it just a weird choice and you pick up the script and go, oh, this is the mustache twirling victim? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. But um, the, other no, thing that I was, the other thing that I was going to say in regards to like a couple of your earlier callers with Picard's evolution over time is that, uh, let's be honest, Picard in TNG often got lucky. Um, he got into situations that there seemed to be no way out, and he happened to pull a third option out of his butt, and and <laughs> and and everything got got solved because, again, in the eighties and nineties, everything had to be solved in forty five minutes. Yeah, I, I feel like we're seeing a Picard now who has not changed in any way as a man. He's the same Picard we've always seen, but he is a Picard in Commander Adama's position. Uh, he is mm. he is a Picard faced with moral tugs that there is not always an easy answer to and having to live with the results of those decisions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it it doesn't seem, he doesn't seem to be a changed person to me. He seems to have be, be the same Picard just in a more modern storytelling venue. Yeah. If that makes sense. I I do not disagree with that at all. Yeah. 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 Perfect. That, that, that's perfect. <laughs> Plus, that, that, just that's, further along in time, and like you know, fourteen years have gone by, right? Yeah. Or, well, and you know, things that, right? that frustrated us watching, <laughs> uh, even on Mission Log, things that frustrated us watching TNG. 
uh, or TOS or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, we solved the problem in 45 minutes. And now we go away and we will never hear from that or speak of it again. Exactly. exactly. Even though there are some profound things that happen. And yeah, you might have a little callback, but you don't actually know what the ramifications were of that event. And here it's like, oh, wow, there, there's a personal price to pay. And that's nothing against the writers of TNG. I mean, they were writing right, for the time. Right. That was the way television was yeah. at the time. But now it's, it is arguably more sophisticated. And I would say, so we're seeing this incredibly nuanced character of Picard that we've all come to know and love, as you've said, more than any other captain. Yeah. And we're seeing him now in more of a realistic situation and how he would respond to that. So I, I, would, I would, anyway, my point is that I would dispute that this is a different Picard. I would say it's the same Picard, just in a more sophisticated situation. I agree. Yeah, dude. And, and Rhea chiming in on the chat. Yes, James, agree 100%. Nice. So boom, Team James. There you go. Boom. Right there. Exactly. Right. Hey, uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, and it was the first time. Better not be the last. I yeah. know how to find you. Uh, find you. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're up against uh, the clock. It was already 8 o'clock. We had our hour. And look, this was so good. So many good calls. So many good comments. Not only did Reka and I not get to all of our notes, we didn't even do the promo. So, uh, yeah, you know, podcast.ronberry.com. Go, go there. Download stuff. Okay? That's it. <laughs> so thank you to everybody. Thank you, Reka. Thank you, James. Thank you, Earl. Mission Log is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live by the incomparable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to everyone, everyone who joined us live or later. We will talk to you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.